Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey. During my 50s, I learned a lot about myself and about the world. I surprised myself too. Upon entering my fifth decade, I had no idea I'd become a grandmother, a long-distance runner, or a solopreneur. And yet I've done all these things. And of course, I never dreamed that this decade would have the whole world sheltering in place and living in isolation for months. This left me missing spending time with women my own age. I'm curious about how they are experiencing life, and I want to learn from my peers. That's why I'm doing this 50 Women Over 50 show. My goal is to interview 50 women to learn how they see the world, what lessons they've learned, and what advice they have for us all. And I could not have kicked off this project with any other guest than the fantastic Anna Epp. I first met professional photographer Anna on Twitter more than a decade ago when I lived on a little island in the middle of the Irish Sea, and she was splitting her time between Canada and the USA. Now we live a couple of miles apart, just south of Ottawa. And back in 2020, just a few weeks before you know what happened, Anna announced the launch of a very special photography project, also called 50 Women Over 50. And I was among the first of her subjects. She's my inspiration for this podcast project. And in this interview, she shares what she learned about life from photographing 50 women over 50. Welcome, Anna Epp, to the podcast. I'm so happy that you are here today. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. So for listeners, you're all new listeners, because this is my very first episode, I wanted Anna to be on my very first guest, because this whole idea of 50 women over 50 started with one of Anna's projects that I participated in, in pre-COVID times. I think you actually delivered the photographs to me during COVID, but we did the shoot just before the big lockdown. Yeah, I think actually we delivered the photos the day before the lockdown okay. started. It was the Thursday. Yeah, we met at the coffee shop. Oh, that's right. And everything shut down. Yeah, that's right. The next day. So Anna and I have known each other for, oh, I think like about 10 years or so now online. I mean, we knew each other before I moved back from the UK. And yesterday was my 11th anniversary of having moved back to Canada. When I moved out to Manatic, I think it's like eight years ago, we finally got to meet in person and been friends ever since. And when I saw your 50 over 50 project, I was like, I want to be part of that. So can you remind us all what, what that project was about? So I, initially I started the project on my 49th birthday. I was looking for a way to celebrate turning 50 the following year. And a girlfriend of mine was doing a similar project in California. And she was like, you need to run with this and do it up in Canada. So I tweaked it a little bit for my own self and it became a 50 or 50. So I launched it around the end of November in 2019. And the idea was to have to photograph 50 women over 50 by my 50th birthday. So 
everything was going really, really well. <laughs> and I actually pretty much sold it out by the end of February in 2020. I started photographing at the end of January and you were one of the first people I photographed and then everything shut down. So everything was put on hold, but nobody left the project. So right. I was super excited about that. We just kept going. Everybody just willingly moved their times to when we could meet again. Mm-hmm. And I've basically did one year worth of work in six months. Oh, it was a lot of work, (laughs) but I loved it. Like it was great. And then I kept it open because some of the ladies were nervous to come that first year. So I actually had it half sold for the next year, but I had to keep going. And so roll into the next year. And then now I'm on my third year and still have some spots left to fulfill this year. And how many women over 50 have you photographed so far? 130. Oh, fantastic. I think, yeah. And so many amazing women. Like, And there was a fundraiser associated with this, wasn't there? Yes. So we haven't done our gala yet, which I am actually planning right now. And I hope to send out an email soon to everybody. So the idea behind it is a portion of the sales is going to the Cancer Foundation. So our initial gallery event was going to be at the foundation location. They've closed that to public now. So it's going to be somewhere else. But yes, a portion of everything is going to work. So you started this project the year you were 49. So, but tell me, what did your 50th birthday look like? It's a little sad. <laughs> I mean, I made it amazing. We were back in restrictions again. And so there was no having a party. So I just made sure that I made it really fun. I had lots of calls from friends. I had flowers sent. I had dinner planned that I made myself, but it's my favorite dinner. So that's okay. (laughs) So we just stayed close to home. It was spent with family and lots of, I think I put out a little video to say thank you to all my 50 over 50 ladies if not on my birthday, very close to it, but it was an emotional day because it was supposed to be a bigger celebration. But as with so many people, we just had to roll with it. And one day we'll celebrate really big. Yeah. A couple of women of my acquaintance had a similar experience where they're planning a big for 50th birthday blowout, like a world travel or a big, big party oh something, and like none of it happened. A couple I know though, it's like they're 52, 53 now, and, and they're actually doing it now and telling everybody it's their 50th birthday. <laughs> exactly. So some of the ladies in the project have done that very thing. Yeah. Either they, because they couldn't go on their 50th, they did the portraits and are now going, or they've come and done them this year as part of their, I'm celebrating for a whole year this year because I didn't get to celebrate for my 50th. So it's been kind of fun like that. So I've had a a good variety of ages, but definitely those 50 where they didn't get to do something. And so they're doing a year of me and part of it includes participating in this project. So apart from, you know, the obvious COVID surprise that we all experienced, what surprised you most about life after 50? That people don't think I'm 50. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I honestly feel like that's the biggest surprise that I when I tell people how old I am, they're often like, really? Like I can't. And I'm always like, really in a good way, really in a bad way. And they're definitely in a no good way. I would never guess you were even close to 50. So that's probably like my biggest surprise. Cause after you spend 50 years on this earth, you you might not feel it, feel it, but you still feel it. So 
What do you mean you by look, feel it? Well, you might look in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm not as young as I used to. Or you see a photograph of yourself and it's next to one of you 20 years ago. Or, yeah. or you see an old photo from 20 years ago and you say, wow, that was like 20 yeah. years ago. But yeah, it's like... You remind me of a friend of mine sent me a photo recently. He was doing some cleaning out. He found a picture of me at his wedding and sent it to me. And I thought, I remember wearing that dress and I thought I was so fat in it. <laughs> I would give anything now anything. To, be able to, to be able to fit into that dress. <laughs> yes, I, I know that feeling. And a lot of women have that feeling, right? Some ladies, though, have, have taken this opportunity, especially during COVID, to like totally change that. And so they're like, I never was able to wear that dress. So now I'm wearing it. So how did turning 50 change your life? I don't know that it's changed my life yet. Mm -hmm. If anything, I just am more sure of myself. I, a lot of women do say that, but I definitely feel it. Like I don't have time for ridiculousness anymore. If that's even a word, <laughs> I just feel like I'm sure of myself. I know what I want and I won't let that be compromised by other people's opinions which I think yeah. I spent more of my younger years like wanting to make sure I did stuff for other people and not enough time doing stuff for me so confidence born of experience yeah yeah that's a good way to say it so yeah like maybe we just spent too much time worrying about all that and mm -hmm. we get to this point where we're like why are we worried like let's own it yeah and maybe part of my confidence has come through working with a lot of these women the last two and a half years because I mean, I've met women from ages 50 all the way to 80 and I've heard their stories and a lot of them are like, oh yeah, like I had no confidence all my life and here I am. And I'm like, let's give back to you then. And so maybe some of it comes from the fact that I've met people that didn't have that confidence and I've helped give it back to them. I do feel blessed with all these women I've met because they all have a story. There's different stories for everybody, whether it's something like that or changing their life or starting a new chapter or a new business or retiring. It's like, there's always a reason to do this session for them. It's either celebrating something or marking a chapter. And so each one of those stories I take in and I work with, and I, that's how I, that's how I get good photographs of people, listen to their stories, chat with them. And then you draw that out and People so look tell, fabulous. Tell me how people ended up using the photographs, the portraits that you shot. So some people use them for their businesses, like somebody I know. And then some, it's a personal thing. So some people have them hung at their homes. So in my business, everybody receives a printed portrait with their image because I... I'm a true believer of printed portraits. We don't know whatever is going to happen with digital. So mm -hmm. while digital has become a great thing in the world, it changes. So if you look back, you know, we had floppy drives and then we had mm -hmm. uh, thumb drives and now we're on to like cloud drives, but you never know, like, am I going to be able to access that? Is it going to go away? So when you look through a pile of photographs from your grandparents, mm -hmm it's paper. Some of those are like a hundred years old. So, you know, they're going to last the test of time. Yes. So having a printed portrait is always important to me. So a lot of the ladies will display them or they'll give them to their kids. It's funny you mentioned that because yeah. I gave to, I framed one of the portraits that you did to me, to my granddaughter, who at the time was seven. 
and she keeps it at her bedside table. And sometimes at night she puts it in bed with her to sleep so she could sleep with her nanny. Oh. And, and when she travels, which she doesn't do a lot, but when she does, she brings it with her so she could put it up at her bedside table. Oh, see, so that's great. So you're, you are with her mm. in a portrait. Yeah. It's not, she doesn't have to open a phone. She doesn't have to look on a computer. She has that. Yeah. I mean, there is a lost art of people printing photographs. Yes. Well, I, and I think with the news over this last week, right, with the, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, we're seeing the power of the nostalgia and the feelings of love that we're getting from looking at older photographs. I know that yeah. my, my husband pulled out, he has a big annual of the coronation that his mother had given to him. And he pulled it out. We were going through it this week and all the photographs of the, the queen from when she was a child to when she was crowned. It was uh, they were really powerful. Yeah. Thing. Amazing. And so I, I feel, and I could be totally wrong, but this is my personal opinion, that somewhere in the digital era, we lost that because people are so quick to flip through. But when you sit down with an album or a book or just a box of photographs and you flip through them, it comes back. So there is a thing about holding that portrait in your hand or photograph in your hand or having it on a wall or on a table and people lost that or young kids don't know that. Yeah, they don't know it. And so that's quite important. A lot of people don't hang big portraits anymore, although maybe we should, but even having like a table with portraits or pictures in frames, people should do that more. They really mm -hmm. should. I agree. I agree. So yes. Some of the ladies I've met who they're like, I haven't had my picture taken since my wedding. Oh my! And God. I'm like, well, we need to change that because, and they're like, I don't like the way I look. So I have to prove to them they look fantastic. And I tell them that just bring something fabulous to wear. That's the number one thing I say is whatever you're wearing, you must feel fabulous wearing it because then we're halfway to the perfect portrait. Yes. Yes. Clothes really do make a big difference. And yeah. <laughs> that's one thing during COVID, like I kind of got out of the habit of wearing makeup. You know, if I had a Zoom call with a client, I'd be like, oh, I have to put on makeup today. <laughs> but, but now that we're out about in life a little bit more, kind of things are starting to return to normal in that, in that vein. Yeah. And so, see, I'm the opposite. Mm -hmm. I didn't stop wearing makeup during COVID. Right. I made sure that every day I still got up, I still put my makeup on. I might have been wearing yoga outfit for a little bit while I was actually trying to do yoga to, <laughs> because we weren't going anywhere. I'm like, I got to keep moving. Right. So, but that only lasted a very short stint, probably that first two weeks. Right. Yeah. You know, you wanted to be in comfort clothes, but I still put my makeup on every day. <laughs> and it's, it, I feel that that was important to me in feeling good. That's right. It's okay if they look messy. I need to look put together. <laughs> What advice would you give to your 30 year old self? Never give up. Mm. Do you feel Never that you gave, you gave up on stuff when you were in your thirties? I think I, yeah, I, I gave up opportunities to be a professional photographer back then. Okay. Cause I always was worried about it. And I was like, Oh, I'm not going to be good enough or nobody's going to want to have their pictures taken. I, I really, really didn't give myself enough credit right and so picking and it up later 20 years later well-established business well-known right across the whole national capital area really 
Everybody knows yeah. Anna. What do you feel most hopeful about in the future? I want to say peace on earth. But my hope of that is a little bit dwindling these days. So my hope is that we do have, a, my hope is that my children have an amazing world to live in. I feel that we were had a really great, mm. growing up in the 70s, 80s was weird if you look back on it, but we had some pretty good times. And it, I don't remember other than maybe late 80s, a little bit being worried. And I feel like my kids have had gone through like the pandemic now, different things happening between our city and the countries mm-hmm. around us and across the ocean. So they're worried and I'd like them to not. Yeah, I'd like them to be able to live in a world that's peaceful and happy and that everybody can get along because, you know, the world is a beautiful place and I just wish that everybody could just get along. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. I yeah. mean, what you say about the time that we were growing up is right. Like no world wars, you know, no depressions, no, you know, we had some wars, but we weren't like sending, you know, everybody under the age of 25, you know, like our previous yeah. generations had been through. So I, I do think that we really, and the economic prosperity that we enjoyed, like yeah. unprecedented in the history of man, really. And I, I too, I agree with you. I, I hope that this, what we're experiencing right now is a blip <laughs> yeah. and that things soon get back on track so that the young people can grow up and flourish and, you know, enjoy their time on this earth without a lot of hardship. And yeah. Worry. I know that's a heavy subject, but when you talk about hope, that's truly what I hope for. Mm. Just, I mean, world peace would be beautiful, but <laughs> don't know if we can get that far in 10 years, but like, you know, if our younger kids or our younger generations can actually speak up and because if you talk to the younger kids, they don't necessarily want to be part of any of that. And it's a lot of older people out there wanting to fight stuff right so (laughs) if you just talk to the kids and they want just to live life and be happy so let's help them yes have that yeah so we've got some time for the for the quick round okay so oh dear real fast off the top of your head just tell me what comes to mind and then if it doesn't sound right we'll cut it out in the edit Okay, so what are you reading, watching, or binging right now? Reading, I was reading Beach Reads because I was just at the beach and I hadn't read a book in all during COVID that wasn't business related. So I was reading a Ellen Hildenbrand. I'm going to say her name wrong. Ellen Hildenbrand, Mary uh, Mary Kay Andrews. So they write all sorts of fun little beach reads. So I've right consumed three of those in the last couple of months <clears throat> and it's restored me again. Business-wise, I don't know if I can say this on air, but you're a bad something at making money. Bad acting <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, you can say badass. Okay. <laughs> okay, and I can, the Badass series by Jensen Jarrow. <laughs> okay. So I've been reading her. I do. And it's funny because I, I, I've read several of them now, but I also got into audiobooks and so I listen to her when I'm driving sometimes and I'm having like I need a motion motivational day I'll like throw her on or get rich lucky bee it's another she's Australian I'm blanking on her name again her books great to listen to if you're going for a long drive 
sometimes I have to, not sometimes, once a week I have to do my lawn, which takes about two and a half hours. So when I'm riding the tractor, I throw in mm. a book in my ears and I listen to stuff and I drive around and I think about all the different things they're saying and I absorb it and then put it into play. So I enjoy yeah. those. I wonder if that's a 50s thing because I like I started listening to audiobooks in my 50s too and that it was mostly because I couldn't see anymore to read and reading became a lot more work for me because of the class. Yeah. So you know, prior to that my my reading time was bedtime right get into bed and, and read for half an hour yeah. so, and then I, like it didn't work anymore because I'd fall asleep with my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's the same for me and that's how it started. What charity are you currently supporting or volunteering for? None right now. Okay. I mean, I'm still working with the cancer one for our 50 over 50, but I don't have, I haven't actually been doing a lot. Mm-hmm. So I should get working too hard. You're working too hard. Well, I truly have been working a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have very little extra room at the moment. So maybe once things settle down a bit more. Yes. Again, similar to me, just so busy throughout the whole pandemic, no time for fun or volunteering. All my career, I've always held two volunteer positions at any time. I, you know, I'd switch them up every two or three years or so. But yeah, during the pandemic, I just, uh, although I still volunteer for my professional association, the IABC, that's the only, the only thing that I've really done. And even to find time to do this podcast, which is a creative project, not a business project, I had to wait for a client to wrap up a project. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. She's like, try to let me down. Like, we're, we're going to stop doing this now. I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> you have some time. Yeah. I, I think maybe it's also because of pandemic, we weren't going anywhere. So how could I go volunteer somewhere? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I really should do. I, I mean, pre-pandemic every year I volunteered with the run for the cure. Yes. That's something that I did every year. I did a lot of volunteer stuff with the mental health. Right. So I, I should probably look and see what's going on. I mean, really, this is our first year back to having events. What app could you not live without? <laughs> okay. So I hate saying it out loud, but Facebook. Oh. Why do you hate saying that out loud? Because they're going to hear me because I shouldn't like Facebook, but I do, but I don't. And it probably could, I mean, I could live without it, obviously, but I get my information there. I get updates from people or I can update people or find people or look up people. So that's probably the one I'm on the most. Although I did go back to Twitter this year. Right. I took a very long break and it's been interesting Twitter's definitely different than when we first started, which I think is how we first met. Yeah, when you and I first met, you're darn right, it's different. I'm totally online with you about this. Like I have totally backed away from Twitter. And now I I don't use it for information. I only use it to check up on my friends. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I use Facebook is kind of like that. And Twitter, I kind of went back because I was missing some of the news pieces, but it's just... It used to be a very happy place in 140 characters. And now it's kind of like, it's it's turned into a place where everybody kind of complains about something. And the mob, the mob mentality there. Yeah. I yeah. had to help a couple of clients out with that kind of situation. Yeah. So it's that mob mentality or like people are hiding behind 
fake names or whatever, which I mean, when we all started, we, we had different handles and stuff, but I do, somebody mentioned the other day, I wonder what people would say if they had to use their real names. And I was like, why are we not forcing people to use real names now? What is this that you can make a name with like random numbers and years, some kind of whatever like that, that is probably where social media needs to get back is that. Yeah. Well, because Facebook has always enforced that, that you have to use your, your real name. Well, not at the beginning, because <laughs> I was Beach Mama on Facebook too, but oh, they started talking about that. So I made the change to my real name. Right, right. See, I've yeah. always been Sherry Lynn, because I figure it's not that common a name. So I don't need to make the name stand out. <laughs> so Yeah, no. And, and I was more, I had been in business for quite a few years. And I said to my girlfriend, I'm like, I don't know what to do. She goes like, right now. You're going on there. You're changing it to your name. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you answered it for me. I gave similar and, advice to a client just last week. I and mean, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to call my new company. I said, why don't you call it your name? <laughs> yeah, Because that's what you're selling is you. As professional, like I couldn't talk about work on that the same. And right. even now I don't necessarily cross over just because I don't want to break rules. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to sell your business on your personal page. But if people look me up, they will know it's me. Mm-hmm. And not be like, who's the speech mama and who's this photographer? Yes, 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 yes. She can't be professional if she's speech mama, but I can't <laughs> be. But yeah, that's I did change it back or change it to my real name. Is there an over 50 life hack that you'd like to share? Always be happy. Life's too short to be grumpy. I think that's my life hack. Life's too short to be grumpy. Like get up in the morning and if you're having a little bit of a bad morning, just turn it around. Give yourself something to do to turn around. Look at the sunrise. If you're too late for that, go sit outside. Going outside always makes you feel better. Think happy thoughts. Disney said it best. Think happy thoughts. And it you can change that and have a great day. Something, I, I don't remember where I heard this. And this goes back a few years ago. I was in my 20s when I heard this. You're having a bad day. Force yourself to smile. Yes. By the time you keep forcing yourself to smile, in a little while, you're smiling. Because then you don't remember why you're grumpy. And it just turns things around because smiling actually triggers endorphins and happiness in you. So if you're just like mm, angry, just smile. And just the more you do it, the more you actually feel it. It's so true. I read something about this. It has something to do with neuroscience. When, you, when your face is in a smile, your brain reads it as happiness. And yeah, so it is. You, you fake it till you make it, right? You Yeah. So even now, like a lot of, I can't speak for men, but a lot of women kind of get grumpy when they're older. Oh yeah, men do too, but we're talking oh, about women here. That's um, a whole different podcast. That's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about women here. So a lot of women, you do get grumpy. Maybe you're mad because you missed out on something or whatever. You're mad at yourself for whatever reason. Forgive yourself. Put on a happy face. Change your day. And it, it'll get better. It will. Where can people reach you? AnnaF.com. www.annaf.com. They can email me, Anna at AnnaF.com. They can phone me. I love the phone. 613-797-6818. I'm Same. Anna F on Facebook. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm the Anna F on my other social media. And we'll have all those, all those contacts in the show notes. So, so. okay. Anna, thank you so much for coming on my show. I'm super excited for this project. I can't wait to talk to women 
from all different walks of life, all different kinds of jobs about their experience of being over 50 years old and glad that you were able to help me kick it off. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm honored to be the first. I'm honored. And there you have it. The first episode of 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. Thank you to professional photographer Anna Epp for joining me today. And don't forget to check out the show notes for links to Anna's photography project and her socials. I've got 49 more interviews with some fabulous women coming up. So don't miss an episode. Subscribe to this podcast today. And if you have a second, please drop me a rating or a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect and create a whole community of wise women over 50 by sharing a link to the show with your friends and your connections. See you next time on 50 Women Over 50. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey.